It's your man JD, Jody Diamond. G2 Podcast, streaming on That's Your Man Podcast, part three of my tribute to hip hop 50 years in. Shout out to my brother Black once again. I got to give him a couple more shots, rest in power. Uh, it's our month, month of March. I'm going to hold it down, big homie. I'm going to do the damn thing next weekend. I'll be somewhere turned down. Believe that. I don't turn up. I turn down. Turn down. Mr. Turn down. Uh, shout out to Germany. Got to give you guys some love. I don't know what the hell's going on with, with y'all over there and how y'all listening to the podcast, but appreciate you. You are definitely on my bucket list. Passport bros. Um, shout out to everybody checking us out on iHeartRadio. Much love, much love, appreciate it. In all forms and, and platforms and formats. Appreciate all of y'all. Um, for more shit like this, keep fucking with us. You got a comment, you got something you want to add, something you want to throw out there, hit me up on Jody Diamond at Yahoo.com. J-O-D-Y-D-Y-M-O-N at Yahoo.com. You can slide in my DM. At Jody, J-O-D-Y, underscore D-Y-M-O-N, G2 Safety LLC on Instagram, G2 Safety LLC on Facebook. You can go to my website, G2 Safety LLC.org. .org. And holler at your man. Leave some comments. Say something. Holler at me. Tell me what you want to hear about in the nightlife business. I've been doing this shit for over 30 years. Holla at me. I'm trying to remember all these stories. I got stories from like 95, 94, 95. I'm trying to remember everything. So, holla at me. All right. So, this is the um, the last story I'm probably going to tell for the day. Um, this is... <laughs> So, like I said, we were real, we were real eager back then down AC, like eager as fuck to get on. I mean, it was a brand new thing. So we're we're real eager. That's why I don't knock the young people nowadays for being eager to do the Snapchat and the TikTok. I don't do none of that. Like I don't watch none of that. I don't have any of that. I don't have those apps. I don't fuck with none of that. Um, the most I do is Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I don't even Twitter. I don't do none of that. So. I can understand when young people, they see a movement, they see a wave, and it's part of their generation, and they're trying to get in on it, and they're trying to maximize it and monetize it. As you should, young people. As the fuck you should. Just don't let it corrupt you. That's all I'm saying. And have control of your shit. That's, on, that's, that's what I can impart to you in reference to that. Um, so we were no different. We were no different. We were running around. We were trying to get on. We were young. We were hungry, full of energy, uh, full of high expectations and wide-eye optimism and all of that. So we were trying to make it happen. We all trying to figure this shit out as we go along at 20, 21, 22, and 23 years old. We all still trying to figure this shit out. You know what I'm saying? Um, comes along this dude, Diesel Don. So he's some kind of promote uh, producer or something for Red Man's Camp, right? 
So he's known in Red Man's camp, like heavy. And he's kind of known in the industry. So I think he came down when we had we started having those um those hip hop conventions at, at the boardwalk on um Atlantic City. So I guess he came down, he peeped it. I think he's from North Jersey. Red Man's from out North Jersey. Um and I guess he just saw this shit was like ripe. It was like ripe, fertile territory to kind of implant his shit. So he came down. I think he came down with his sister or his mom, his mom and his sister or some shit. And they had they had some kind of school. They opened up. They rented a building on Lang Avenue and they had some kind of school there. And it started off like a school to... Uh, I don't know if it was some like some kind of computer school type shit or something to help you get certain skills or something, maybe learn how to type or something. Like I don't, I can't remember what the fucking school was for, but it evolved from the school to the studio. So the mom or the or the sister or something was doing the school shit, and he was doing the studio shit. So he was doing studio shit for a lot of rappers in the scene. Now, mind you, we just coming off of Rodney Jerk and shit. So we real suspect at this point. But he's so embedded in the community right on Lang Avenue. He had a store. Like I said, they had a storefront right on Lang Avenue. So he's so embedded in the community. And this is a nigga like we walk up, we see this nigga, we touch him, we dab him up. And this nigga next to Red Man and shit. Like he, we see him with the, with them, with them peoples, like at the conventions and all of that. And he a producer. He's seasoned. To a certain degree, I think he produced like a couple tracks on Red Man album. I can't remember which one. Don't don't get me lying. Um, but it, he was certified. Like he was, you know how you got the blue check, the blue, the blue, the blue stamp on Instagram. He was certified because we seen it. So plus we had access to the motherfucker. He wasn't hiding. Like Jerkins boy was hiding, but we had direct access to this nigga. And he was with his North North Jersey nigga. So he was on some, you know, they was on some day out there. So of course, you know. You know, Lang City niggas want to be like New York niggas and North Jersey niggas is really some New York niggas. So it's that's what it is. So um, he doing all of this shit. He's he's really like making a little way for himself in Lang City, like a lot of credibility in the city. Um, he puts together this this um, this event at the at his joint. No, at his club. And. Red Man's supposed to come, right? I think the twin DJ Twins supposed to come. Red Man, all of these niggas, right? But Red Man was the was the the headliner. So he worked it out with the club, and it might have been was it my club, the club by Wonder Gardens? It might have been, yeah, I think it was my club. Now I don't know if I was still the head of security at this point. Because I think I had left and went to another club I was working called... Um, I was working for Wes Hopkins, the Philadelphia Eagle Safety. He came down and he opened a club called... Um, uh, shit. Oh, man. What was the name of that goddamn... It was a boat. Oh, uh, Golden Key Yacht Club. Right? So, it was a boat in a harbor in the inlet. And they had a full bar, dance, two dance floors. Like it was, it was, it was kind of nice, but it was really used for old heads. Like old heads used to use that shit. So he got it some kind of way. And he had this chick. Her name was Michelle. God damn, she was fine. So um, 
she was his right hand man. Like he he really didn't do the day to day with the shit. She did the day to day operation with the shit. They was only open on the weekends. Uh, only time they opened during the weekdays was like special party or some shit like that. And I think Wes was retired by then because this was after 90, 95 or 96. Uh, so. Yeah, so I don't know how I met up with with his people. Somebody, I think somebody turned them on to me. Turned on, turned the girl on to me. The girl hollered at me. Uh, I hollered at her. We got together. I finally met Wes, and you know he's like, all right, cool, because he knew what I did before with the with the Wonder Garden shit and a couple other joints. So um, he was willing to let us do it. We had to wear white fucking tuxedo shirts, black slacks, <laughs> fucking black bow ties and shit. So because it was an older crowd, like it wasn't no it was no rah rah type shit. But um, the girl was bad. Like she was Asian and Spanish or some crazy shit. But she was exotic as fuck. So um, she was running the John for him, young John. So he was. I, I'm not gonna say all that. But um, some kind of way, it got back to the Wonder Guard to do the party for Diesel Don. Right. So I think. Artie called me and was like, y'all want you to come do the security for that. It might be crazy. It might be wild. And I was like, all right. Because the dude he had at that point, because I think I had left. The dude he had at that point was, um, wasn't really working out the way he thought it was going to work out. And um, I told him, I was like, yeah, you want to give me some more money. And that's when I started officially started like renegotiating my terms and contracts with club owners uh, with the money. Because he definitely was getting me for the first couple years. Because I was young. I didn't know no fucking better. Um, but after I really put the time in, then, you know, when you sit around, you start looking at people in the books and you start looking at the revenue coming in and then you start talking to other motherfuckers that's doing what you're doing and seeing what they getting. Now, they may have more experience. They may have more shit. They may have they have, may have degrees. They may have other that. But you're not putting the work in that I'm putting in. And now I done paid my dues. I got to get a little bump up. It ain't got to be nothing crazy, but it got to be a little bump up. So that was the thing that me and Artie buttoned heads on. He agreed to it for this party. And I became an independent contractor um, after that with him um, for that for that spot. So they planted it. He advertised all on the radio. Um, he charging, I think, hella, hella prices for the tickets. Uh, from what I understand, he sold out the tickets. Um, talked all this shit up. Everybody like, he coming, he coming. He's like, I'm telling you, he coming. He ain't no problem. He coming, he coming. <laughs> Yo. Um, I wouldn't have believed it if I wasn't working it. This motherfucker came in. Mind, mind you, he pre-sold all his tickets. So he was scraped on the money. He was good. So he was going to charge at the door as well, too. Like, he going to get the ticket holders in first, of course. And then whoever else wanted to pay at the door, going to pay at the door. So... He came in, he dressed, suited and booted, like the, the whole shit. Like back then in Lang City, what we used to do is, we was kind of like on that Biggie and Pac shit. Like you wear your, your butters, your Timberlands, your jeans and your, your chains and all that stuff when it's during the daytime and it's some hood shit. But then if it's supposed to be like some real fanfare type shit, like it's supposed to be real nice, you put on your silk suit and your tie and your and your um and your your fedora hat and your 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 gate like jokers used to do it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause DC niggas used to come up, New York niggas used to come down, so niggas used to get clean. Like when it was time to get clean, clean niggas got clean, real clean. Like that was our thing back then. 
Um, so I'm telling you, Joker was clean, clean. Diesel Don came through. He clean. Um, this was like on a fucking Friday. So I think it went on. The, the, the party was going on. You know, we started at like 9, 10. I think we opened at, at like 8. But we, of course, it don't get popping like City until like 10. So now Joker's coming out, pulling up. Everybody coming in, we packed. And at, at that point, we had a lot of square footage in the zone. Like we were huge. So we could hold... I would say we could we were supposed to hold like fifteen hundred. Uh, that's with the chairs and shit out, and we took all the bar chairs out. We took all the little tables and chairs out. We packed at least twenty three, maybe twenty five hundred people in that spot, and that was way over the capacity, like way over the capacity. And we've only done that a couple times, but because it's very dangerous to do that type of shit. But that's how I got introduced to overcrowding the club. Um, the the owner showed me how to do that shit. Like, it's just, it's, it's to a point where can't nobody move. Like, is that, is that crowded? So, 12 o'clock hit. You got Jokers now, the liquor setting in. Jokers drunk. Everybody like, where he at? They playing all these Red Man songs, but don't see no fucking Red Man. Right? So, Diesel Don, he then got the money off the door from his sister. And he go um, on the mic because everybody getting a little rowdy and Artie go to him is like, yo, man, you need to tell these people something, man. Like, I, that, this ain't on me. He's like, I don't want them tearing up my shit because you ain't produced. He's like, nah, 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 I'm going to talk to him. So he get on the mic. He's like, I just talked to Red Man. He going to be here in a minute. I'm going to go pick him up. Yada, yada, yada. Right there, when I heard that, I was like, something wrong. Something wrong. Now, when you've been in the business just for a little while, you kind of start to see certain shit, certain patterns. But just the way he said it, now everybody was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah clapping and shit, because everybody drunk. They drunk. This nigga leaves, his sister and door leaves, so we like, what about the rest of the money? And he's like, y'all go ahead, do what y'all got to do. <laughs> the sister take the steel box, the strong box, close it up, got the money. He talked to Artie. I guess he took care of Artie. Rolled out. Mind you, he didn't tell nobody he was leaving. He just said he was going to go pick him up. I mean, the way he packed up shop, he packed up shop. It looked like me. Like he's leaving. Now, we on the door. We reduce the cover. We drop it down and we start pocketing some of the money on the front door. So, um,. By the time Artie found out what's going on, we like, yeah, so I gave him a little bit of the money, but we kept a lot, and I, I broke it down with the rest of the dudes. Yo, I think 1.30 hit, maybe maybe about 2 o'clock. All I know is the fight started breaking out like crazy. We packed the shit. Motherfucker was like, hey, he not coming, they not coming. So a quarter, not a quarter, but a little bit less than a quarter of the people left. But we still tight. Like, we still tight as fuck. Now, motherfuckers is extra drunk. They agitated. They pissed off. They done paid all this money. And Red Man ain't there. Now, they talking about where Diesel Don at. Everybody trying to holler at Artie. Artie was like, he said he was going to go get him. Y'all heard him. So, motherfuckers start rumbling. That's what Lang City niggas do. When they can't, they feel like they done got beat or whatever, they start rumbling. So... We had to shut the shit down. Like, we literally had to shut the shit down by like 2.30, 2.45. We had to shut it down. The crazy part of this story. Well, that's crazy enough. But an another um, part of this story is. So, this is on Friday night. 
Mind you, Saturday, everybody down at the shop, his shop on Lang Avenue, like to go to the school, like what's going on? The school closed, right? So don't nobody say shit. Don't nobody say nothing because it's normally open on Saturdays. It's closed on Sundays. They go back on Sunday to see if he's doing any studio work. Still closed. They go back on Monday. They see that the store is gutted out. Meaning, you can't tell from the front. Like, if you look in the window. But they they took all their shit over the weekend. Or I would have to say they had to do it way before then. They got all their shit out and took it out through the back. And they had broke their lease. And they was gone. They rode out. Ain't nobody seen that motherfucker to this day. To this day. That's how crazy hip-hop is. Like, Joker see a, they see a lick and they made a move on the lick. Something told me, like, I'm not trying to be like I'm prophetic or nothing, but I felt it in my bones. Me, uh, Artie and I were talking about the owner, and I just felt like, he's like, you think uh, he coming diamond? I was like, no. I was like, something just telling me he not coming because even if I wasn't working it, I wouldn't have went. Like, I wouldn't have paid that type of money he was asking for to go. Like, I just wouldn't have did it. I wasn't that pressed on seeing no red man like that. So, I got paid. I actually got paid the grip. I got some nice money. Uh, we had to deal with a couple fights and some, some other shit like that. But other than that, you know, I made out. But that's the crazy part of how hip-hop was back then. Like, And it still keeps going on and on and on. Meaning, there are people out there that will try and take advantage of the situation if you allow them to. You can't just be impressed by the shine and the flash and the glitz. Like, that's that's the hook. That's the bait to get you on the hook. You got to really see and understand what it is and, and pay attention to the movements. And you got to also go with your gut and your intuition. Sometimes if the shit don't feel right, it ain't right. And that's real shit. But I feel like those are some of the things that we may be losing with our youth. Like, everybody got to go through their learning process and their growing process. But, you know, if you can listen to an elder... Somebody who can try try to help you navigate through some of this shit because a lot of this shit is just replay. Ain't nothing really new under the sun. It's just it's remarketed, like it's rebranded. It's just it's just they put a different slap on it. Ain't nobody really creating no brand new shit. I mean, and if they are, they like trillionaires out this bitch, like your boy Elon or your boy from Amazon and shit. Everything else is just recycled shit. Like, oh, okay, this is the wheel. Let me put some tread on that motherfucker. Oh, this is the wheel. Let me put some rims on that bitch. Oh, this is the wheel. Let me put some double-sided shit on it. Like, it's all just revamped shit. Like, they just making it. They tweaking it. So, if you could look from the past, you can maybe avoid some pop, um, pitfalls and potholes in the future. That's what I'm saying. That's some OG shit to kind of break down to you guys and... You know, help you out with this with this thing called hip hop and this thing called business out here. Like you just gotta be careful. And it's it's evolving. It's gonna continue to evolve. Yes, you guys are in a great position too. You can own your shit. You can own your masters. You can own your content. You can own everything. And then you can negotiate how to set that up, how to distribute that, how to work it, how to make it. You know how to make it work in your favor. Um, listen to these dudes like Tribe Called Quest, Tony Braxton, TLC, uh, Total. Yeah, I go on, 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 and on, and on. 
UGK, they got some, they was in some horrible deals. Horrible record deal, record company deals, horrible deals. But ultimately, you sign that contract. Why would you sign some shit that you're not 100% square on if you ain't feel 100%, you know, legit on? Or if you didn't feel like the people that you got that's supposed to help you look over them contracts is, is, is on your side, not playing both sides of the fence with the record company. That's why I don't trust defense attorneys. The motherfuckers talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here for you. But they st- they secretly working with the DA on some sideways shit. I don't trust them. I done been through them systems. I done been through all of that stuff. I done been through different little things with, with these lawyers paying all that money. And the motherfuckers is really like, they really trying to cut a deal with the DA. They cutting deals. They're not really working in your favor. Unless it's somebody that's in your family or somebody that you know is that's close to you and they, you know they're going to really, really look out for you. I don't trust none of them motherfuckers. Do your due diligence. Do your homework. Ain't nothing going to bypass that. Everybody's subject to be, um, be under the eye of scrutiny. Everybody. Lawyers, accountants, everybody. That's your boy Jody Diamond imparting a little bit of that OG wisdom to you uh, from that perspective. Everybody can get it. Everybody can get it. Oh, yeah, 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 you too. Everybody. Because at the end of the day, you can't blame anybody else for some shit that you sit down and you sign or you agree to. Why agree to it then? If that shit ain't your, um, if it's not your flavor, step the fuck off. Say no, step off. That's the beauty for me of ownership. And that's something that Black and I, we wanted to set up and we wanted to have. We want to have the ability to run this shit the way we wanted to run it. Because the way we looked at it, and we were very adamant about this, why the fuck are we going to start a whole company and we going to listen to other motherfuckers? No, we'll take into account what you're saying on some on some mutual shit if we're working together. But you got to listen to the language that motherfuckers is using and how they talking and how they coming at you, how they dictating themselves to you. Anybody who talked to me talking about you working for me, first of all, you can suck my dick. I'm not working for you. We, can, we work together. We're working together. Now, if we can't get that language right, I'm... I'm out. Exit stage right. And that means something to me. That meant something to me and my brother. It means something to us. To be able to have that that leverage to say that shit. A lot of dudes, they can't say that. They scared to say it. They won't say it. They just take that shit. Then they'll go back and talk to their boys. Fuck talking to your boys. Talk to that motherfucker you're doing a contract with. That you're doing business with. It's business. If you can't walk away from some business, then you, you, you working a job. It ain't your business. I've had to walk away from plenty of clubs, plenty of contracts where jokers want to re- redirect my my people's or my business or my company or my you know what my um my bylaws might be for my company or, or what my my standard may be. And no, you can't do none of that shit. What you can do is these deg- ter- agreed upon terms. And this is what it is. If you don't like that and we can't come to an agreement, what I can do for you is I can leave. I can pull my company and my resources and we can leave. Whatever's meant for you is meant for you. Whoever, you know, I'm, I don't want nothing that is, that's meant for anybody else. I want what's meant for me. And that means I have what's meant for me. And if I don't have it, that means it ain't meant for me. It's real simple. But I have to have that ability to say, fuck you and step the fuck off. If not, why? Why even have a business? Why even have something that you claim is yours if you can't control it? 
That's just food for thought. Your boy will be 50 soon. I'm going to be turned down. You know, I don't turn up. I turn down. Turn down. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to be at just yet, but um, I'll let you guys know on the next show. Uh, holla at you, man. I hope you guys enjoyed these little shows, these little you know tidbits that I'm giving you guys. Peace.